Hey everybody, I'm Russell Dunn and welcome to Creative Kaleidoscope, the show where we discuss art in all its forms, painting, photography, films, and much more. We'll be starting out with this week's painting. Let's take a look. All right, so we're starting out with a blank 16 by 20 canvas here, stretched canvas. And we're using the Tupperware again as our stencil for our planet. A little spray of black around there to mark the planet. And I'm going to lay down it with green, pink, purple, and white. And the green is the most predominant, the fluorescent green. And a crumpled up piece of newspaper will give it that nice texture. And didn't quite like how that looked, so I'm going to switch it up to a plastic bag. And... Boom. Now we're going to do a planet within a planet here. We're going to mark it again with uh, just a little bit of black. And we're going to make it predominantly purple. We're going to add in some, some other greens. The fluorescent green again. Some oasis blue. And the white. And now I'm using the plastic wrap that was around the canvas when I purchased it. Always reuse and recycle give you the texture that you want and now you're gonna add the depth to the planet and the shine and I like to use the dollar store paint for that because it's a little more translucent than the rust-oleum the rust-oleum is a nice opaque sort of colors and now we're gonna mix it up a bit double fist it there with the uh, different blues reds purples Hit it with the fluorescent pink again, which looks really cool under the black light. All the fluorescent paint looks really cool under the black light. And then now the green. And we're just kind of freeforming this one however we feel, you know, we want the sky to look. We want it to just be colorful, but no particular patterns in mind. I'm spraying a little bit of white spray paint on the tip of my finger, shaking off the excess. So that doesn't happen right there. Just a little fix up the newspaper. Don't worry because the paint's still wet so quick fix. Fix your planet outlines and reflick your stars. I also flick some glow paint on there to make the stars glow in the dark. And now we're laying down the rock walls. And you know you who knows what planet this is so the rock walls are purple and green in this planet. I like using purples and greens a lot. And the fluorescent colors. Now, the black and the white will give it the definition and a little bit of depth. Now, I'm going to try to work it with the newspaper first to see if I like how the texture comes out. I can already tell I'm not going to like the texture, so I'm going to switch it up to the plastic bag again and really work my fingers around to try and give the outer layer some defining lines, which I'm going to crisp up with the palette knife. And remember, anytime you want to get that palette knife working better, just hit it with a little bit of clear coat, and then it'll make that paint nice and easy to work with. And that gives you the idea of where you're gonna work your paint. And now I'm actually adding in a waterfall. And that's as simple as spraying white spray paint on an index card and just pulling it over and dragging it down. And that gives it a nice flow of the water, like the directional flow. And now I'm adding in the pool where the water is collecting. And a little bit of texture there, some oasis blue, some white and the extra sprays there to add the, the spray of the waterfall. And now I'm just working the directional flow of the water some more. Get it how I want it. Some more spray. And now let's add the defining lines of where the pool is along the rock edge. Just a nice piece of cardstock. And let's head back to the studio. Coming up after the break, local jewelry artist, Beth North.
Ah, low budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version. Yeah. I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on NewRadioMedia.com. It's geek approved. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. We're offering spectacular savings during the spring sales event at Parkway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Great deals on our inventory of over 2,000 new vehicles, including our entire selection of Ram 1500 pickups with special lease deals on many of our best-selling models. Over 200 vehicles, under $200 a month. Early out on all lease payoffs of $3,000 or less. And Parkway offers an extra $2,000 for your trade-in. Only at Parkway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Clinton Township, where you just show up, sign up, and ride. Hey, you guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Geektainment Weekly on new radio media. Turtle power! And welcome back to Creative Kaleidoscope, and I am here with Beth North, the fantastic jewelry maker. How are you, Beth? I'm great. So I see you've got some amazing stuff here, and let's just get right into it and chat about it. All right. So one thing that I see here is these bracelets. Now, how did you go about making these exactly? Those, I did the graphics, and then I work with a friend of mine that has a sign company. So we design them, and then etch them, and then uh, curve them so they fit for bracelets. So you're saying, I remember we were talking um, when we were on break about using heat to, to form them, and then la yes. you laser etch them? Yes. Is that correct? Yep. That's and these are cool. acrylic that I just form with my hands too, so they kind of end up looking like flowers. So you heat these as well? Do you have, now? How do you heat them? Do you heat them with a torch, or do you heat them with like a heat gun? These I just heat usually in like a little toaster oven. Oh. My torch, you know, it's too hot; it would melt it. So I just toaster oven them, have gloves, and fold it how I want to. Very cool. Very Thank cool. You. Well. Now, how did you get into all of this, like into jewelry making in general? And I totally fell into it. I was a business major in college. In my senior year, I had some extra classes, so I took printmaking, pottery, and then fell into jewelry and decided that was it. Nice. So I kind of, late in life, I found it. Oh, that's very Later cool. in life, I should say. Very cool. So yeah. Now, this is, this is an item I noticed like right off the bat. And I didn't know at first that it's a purse, but yes. this is super cool. Now, how do you go about making something like this? Because it seems like this is pretty intricate. Do you do all the, the weaving and all yeah. that of the metal yourself? Yep, or? that one just starts with a shat, uh, flat piece of metal. or It's all sterling silver, actually, and mm -hmm. wire. And I make the loops. I do the chain mail. And then every single piece, including the links, are, are all hand fabricated. Oh, wow. So this is all sterling silver? It's all sterling silver, yeah. Oh, wow. Yep, and you and I can see you use got your it. signature in there. Yeah, and I brought another one. This one is similar. It's not done yet. I'm working on it right now, but it's you can wear it as a bracelet. Mm -hmm. And as we were saying earlier, it yeah. could be a weapon. <laughs> yeah, you could totally defend yourself with yes. this. Yep. No doubt. And then most of my pieces are oxidized, so it's oxidized silver, and then I usually matte finish it. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And so what's going on with this one? Is this wood? No, that's bamboo coral. Bamboo coral. Is this a bracelet? It's or? a bracelet, yep. Oh, I'm trying to figure out how, how it works. Yep, Show it just me. goes <laughs> on like this. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, my kids think it looks like melted candles, but they're bamboo coral. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. 
And now, where do you get supplies like bamboo coral and all that? Is that can you just find that at like your regular hobby stores, or do you have to specifically order that? I or? usually specifically order it. I go to New York sometimes and pick up stones. I have a lady here that I work with. Um, I like to use different stones. You know, this is labradorite I brought to show you. So it's faceted labradorite, so it kind of has a fire to it, like opal. Right. Um, I do a lot with pearls, but I like to kind of mix, you know, pearls that, in my opinion, are a little conservative, so I kind of mm -hmm. like to change it up a little bit, make it a little more edgy. Right. Now, do you know, like, the the different stories or whatever there is behind the different stones that you use. I actually am like learning that. that. I brought some stones here as well. I just got back from Arizona and went to a crystal store mm -hmm. where the lady was going crazy of all the different meanings and everything. So I, some of my customers are into it, so I've learned right. a lot. And especially, Labradorite is one of the most for spirituality stuff, and I in the beginning would just sell it and then people come back to me and say do you understand the energy in this and I wore it and I'm like no I didn't and now I'm kind of learning it so it's actually pretty cool right yeah I have a lot of friends who are like really into crystals and all yeah. that so they're always telling me like oh yeah this one you gotta you gotta charge it under the moon because yeah. it'll give you the right energy and all that now I, I find that super fascinating yeah I actually brought a rose quartz that I got there a faceted one that the lady I have a card of all the meanings and stuff. And when later on when we do your dog tag, I did bring some stones. So if there's any that you connect with or something you need, we can add it to your necklace. Awesome. Now, is there any pieces that we're looking at here that really like, like have strong meaning to you that you really, you know, I mean, I'm sure I know you put your heart and soul into each and every piece. Like just by looking at it, I can tell. But if you had to pick out one piece out um, of this, would you say? I think they're all kind of my journey as I go. This one I specifically like because this is 365 different words kind of to be. Wow. So it's chain mail on the bottom, kind of like the purse. Oh, yeah. And then every word is unique. So it's kind of fun to wear because it feels, I mean, it's heavy, but it feels kind of like. Oh, yeah. Kind of like it feels soft. It's kind of. So like a different, different. word or different saying for each different day. Different word, yeah. So you can just look around and see all the different words. So as you can tell, a lot of. I'm really inspired by words. This is my um, 100 words necklace, kind of like a happiness project. So this one goes long, or you can wrap it. Very but it cool. all has different words on each one. Yes, yeah, so the words are kind of my big inspiration. I sometimes hide it on pieces, and people don't know for years till you know, they'll look on a necklace and go, oh my god, you stamped you know, whatever word I'm feeling when I'm in the studio on it. Wow. And sometimes it's obvious, like on these, and sometimes I'll just hide it in random places. Very cool. Now, is that all sterling silver as well? Yes, everything I use, these are wood, but every all the metal I usually use is sterling silver. So when you stamp the wood, do you is that is this laser etched as well or is this like heat pressed? That is neither. I just use a regular little stamping thing okay. on there and then I polyurethane it and finish it off and kind of satin finish it. And those are kind of words to be as well. I had this whole B series. I see that it says B on the inside there. Yeah. Well, so what is like your biggest inspiration as far as just jewelry making in general? I know you say mm. words are very important to you. And what, what really inspires you as an artist? I'm kind of inspired by nature. Like I said, we just got back from Arizona. So I took hundreds of pictures of the cactus up close, weird angles, which is going to be, I think, my new series. Um, I'm kind of inspired by everything. I'll randomly see, like when you guys were setting up, I was looking around because I'll see different things that inspire me. There's nothing really in particular, but I do, the words, I've done a lot for people that are sick and I'll just randomly send somebody a piece, mm -hmm. even if I don't know them. Mm -hmm. And you know, later on if I end up meeting them, like one of my husband's um, coworkers, I, she was sick and I sent her a ring that said strength on it. Just, you know, I'll feel it, and I go, hey, I'm going to give her this. And I right. didn't know her, and like two years later, she came up to me and said, Beth, I've worn it every day, and you saved me. And I was, you know, I said, in the note, I was like, I'm sending you strength. You know, I know you don't know me, but we're all sending you strength. And, you know, that kind of changed my whole path. So I love doing stuff like that. Right. Yeah, there really is so much power in words. I tell that to so many people. Like, yeah. 
the yeah. power of words. People kind of don't realize it, yep. I feel like. You know? And if, I think, too, if it's a random act of kindness. And Absolutely. You know, I did bring, I wear these thread bracelets. So I did bring these if you want to make one of these, too. So you stamp whatever word you want, and you wear it till it falls off. And, you know, people always say to me, well, does it work? I'm like, if you believe and you pay attention, right. it works. Yeah. Simple as that. If you don't, if you, you don't care, you're not into it, I get it. But if you pay attention, it works. Well, I think we should uh, get into making some jewelry. Awesome. Cool. Okay, so I thought for today we'd do something really easy. Okay. I brought my metal stamps, and then I pre-made these for you. So if you can think of like a word or a quote, whatever you think that inspires you, or if you want to do one of the thread ones, or if you want to do a couple ones, you can. So I brought different sizes. These are 1 16th stamps. So they're, let's see, goes this way. So mm -hmm. just obviously A through Z, and then there's a little dot. Mm -hmm. And I brought copper for you to try. Okay. So you are just going to put your thumb right in here, mm -hmm. and then you'll just hold it wherever you want, pretty tight. You're just going to tap it maybe twice with a little hammer. And there's your A. Oh, all right. And I usually would do this after, you know, I soldered this on and then I darkened the piece and everything, but mm -hmm. I didn't bring all the chemicals today, so I thought you could just do it, stamp it, and it'll oxidize where you can read it better. Okay. So if you want to try on do here a, and then maybe come the up. Yeah, test. You can do some tests, maybe try a word. Um, I'm going to just go with RD first. Okay. Yep, so just thumb in there and then just hold it kind of tight and hold the piece a little bit down and then a couple, couple hammers. Yeah. Did I get it? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Okay. I'm going to do one more just to, just to try it out. Yeah, and we got get some extras if it... Is it deep enough? Yeah, looks yeah. good. Cool. Okay, right. can you think of a word? Like, do you want to do a big piece, a small um, one? You can do a bunch. I brought... Let's go with... I'm going to go with love first. Okay. So maybe love like on... Some, something positive. Awesome. So when you do it, because I already have this soldered on, you're going to have to do it over here a little bit. Okay. So then you can just hold it down. And, and I brought just the ball chain, and then I brought a long chain, too, so you can decide. So I think that's positioned correctly. Yep, and then hold. It's kind of easier if you hold your thumb in that little slot. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Wow, that looks great. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I, you can hit something with a hammer and be creative about yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And you're not destroying. You're creating. Yeah, a lot of my pieces, I'll end up melting something if I'm, you know, messing around or whatever, and then it ends up being a whole series of melted pieces. Oh, that V's a little off, but that's cool. Let's see. Gives it character. Oh, no, it still looks really good. <laughs> I remember Thank when you. I first did it, I used to measure it all out perfectly, draw the lines, and one of my friends was like, I want to see the fingerprint of the artist. Like, if it looks perfect, it looks like it was not right. handmade. Right, right. Let's oh. see. Awesome. It looks great. Sweet. Yeah, so normally I would oxidize it with liver sulfur or um, acid, but since it'll tarnish anyways into the letters for you. Cool. So if you want to do more, we can add it. Like if you like the ball chain or you like the regular chain, either one. And then I brought this to just matte finish it to show you. So you can leave it obviously oxidized. Mm -hmm. Which one? Do you like the ball chain, the regular ball chain, or this one's uh, okay. uh, circling? I like that, that one. one? Yeah. Okay. Or can so, I do one with my name on it? Yeah, absolutely. you can do tons of them. Yeah, absolutely. I brought all these for you. So I'm going to just um, kind of sand it so it'll okay. take off a little bit of the black for you. Okay. There we go. Cool. Awesome. Okay, we'll put that one on there. And then make sure I guess it goes I'll do right Serenity. That'll be, that'll be it. I good. like that. Maybe like on this bigger one you want? Sure. So then we, or even one of the wider ones, even this one? Yeah, I'm like that one? that one. Okay, cool. And they have a million different kinds of those now. I, I do have the one-eighth, the bigger ones. Mm 
Mm -hmm. But I really like just the small, normal font is my favorite. Now, can you get these stamps just like at a hobby store? Yeah, these just at a, like a metal supply store. I go to one on 12 Mile Road. Okay. But you can also get them custom done like, you know, they'll do whatever you want, really. Like I have my logo, I have, you know, they'll even do your own alphabet. Like if you write a certain way and you want them to do it, they'll custom do a whole set for you. There's Very cursive, cool. there's, I kind of like just the basic. That works. Perfect. Lots of character. Okay. Now we'll add this one on here. I think I did like a 30 inch here. Very cool. I like the long chains. Okay, make sure they're going So that's the right a 30 way. inch chain? I think right around there. I kind of okay. randomly cut stuff. I just measured it on me. See how it is. Yeah, that's good. Their dog yeah, tags are 24, and I'm like, I kind of like it longer. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Very cool. And then you can just wear one if you wanted, or all of them. I'd totally wear them all. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about some of those stones. Absolutely. I yeah. brought a bunch over to show you. Cool. So I've been getting more into the crystals. My customers love them. And I just got back from Arizona, so this was one of the rose quartz that I picked out. Very which cool. Which is kind of cool because it stands up, too. And this one... Let me tell you what it, that one has. Um, That's beautiful. Um, it does compassion, peace, healing, and comfort. Uh, it allows one full capacity to truly give and receive love from others. So that one's a stone of unconditional love. Wonderful. And then I brought some of these for you to pick from. And I do have... We can look up whatever one you like. There's, like you said, one of the sun, the moon one charged. One of my favorites is aquamarine. It's my mm -hmm. birthstone, too. That one's really cool. And labradorite is a stone of transformation. It gives you strength and perseverance. Highly mystical and protective stone. Which one's that? That one's a labradorite here. Okay. Um, it kind of has different fire when you look at it in different light. Yeah. That one's kind of cool. And what is this? Is Perido is let's see. Ooh, keep away evil spirits. Oh yeah. Protective stone. <laughs> uh, let's see. Can we add a piece of this? Absolutely. And the sure. Oh, yep. Cool. Let's just pop this up. Okay. So, do you want me to teach you to wire wrap too, really quick? A stone. Sure. Okay. So we just use a head pin. Okay. Now let's just find a head pin that'll well, fit on. We'll use the dark one since we darkened your chain. Okay. Any specific one you like? Like uh, one of the bigger ones? Yeah, I like this one. Or, yeah, that one's good. Okay, we'll or see. Sometimes one. they're drilled really small, so we'll have to hopefully. Oh, we got one. Perfect. Okay, I'll wrap the first one and then you can wrap your second one. Cool. Okay, I've so you just use round nose pliers. I'm mm -hmm. sure you're familiar with a lot of these. Just a quick turn here. Yeah. So we got like a little L. We're just going to make the loop. We gotta make it kind of big because it's gotta go over your clasp there. Right. So just turn it over. See, we got like a half one. Uh -huh. Then we'll finish it. I'll make it a little bit bigger. Finish it here. Turn it a little bit. So we got the little circle at the top. Oh. Then we'll use the flat nose pliers and we'll hold the circle, and then just a quick wrap. Oh wow. And then. Now, do you get into any really intricate wire wraps? Like, because I've seen some really crazy wire wrapping. I used to, I feel like I, I try, I like to try a lot of different stuff. I used to set stones, do wire wrapping, and I've kind of focused more on, I do sometimes a little bit, but I'm kind of more simplified now, I feel like. Cool. So, so I can squeeze that one too if you want. Okay, let's it. pick out a labradorite. Yes. Should Ward we get a different? Spirits. Yeah. Definitely. This one I think. Some of that. You do? <laughs> these, I think, we should, these are harder to wrap, so let's give you an easier one. Like, okay. Do you want a square? Sure. Okay, let's see, make sure. Okay. So you're going to start. Start like that. Yep. So you're going to bend. Bend it 90 degrees, right? Yep. So hold it kind of tight against. Perfect. Should I bend it with my finger? Yep. Perfect. Then you're going to turn. The t yeah, perfect. Then okay. you're going to turn the teeth onto the top. So just kind of, ro whoops, sorry. Mm -hmm. Rotate it onto the top. Yep. 
And, and then you're going to go a little bit further in because we want a bigger circle. So further in. So slide it up onto the, the jaws. Slide oh, it, yeah, there okay. you go. So the circle's saying. bigger. Right. Yep. Okay. Then and then over the crop. Yep. it over. Perfect. All the way down. Yep. And then slide the jaws out. Mm -hmm. And then put it back in because then you're going to finish it. But put it on the bottom one. This way. Yep. Yep. Oh. Perfect. Slide it in. Like yep. That. yep, and then uh, pull it across the bottom. So it should be a pretty tight circle. Oh, nice. Yeah, perfect. All right. Okay, and then we're going to swap pliers. Okay. Nice. And then you're just going to hold the circle with the pliers. Hold, it's easier if you hold it. Yeah, perfect. Like that? Yep. Okay. And then... Just wrap it with my fingers? Yep. Wrap it towards you the way you did it, and then just do as tight as you can. You can... You can even pull it at the end, too. Perfect. Nice. All right. Oh. I just keep wrapping. Great. Yep, perfect. And then you can just clip the little edge. Or you can keep wrapping it if you <laughs> like a little. I'll snip it. Okay, I'll let you snip it. All right. And then if you feel like you Super got like a there. little tail, as tight as you can, and then you can use the pliers to, Ooh. yep, perfect. And then you can use these to tuck it in. Just to squeeze it down. Yeah, so it doesn't poke so you. So it's not snagging. Yeah. There we go, the finished product. <laughs> you officially became a jewelry maker Yes. Today. Today, you are a jewelry maker. Well, I am going to put this on right now. Yeah, if you want to make a thread one that you wear to fall off or make it for someone, you can do that as well. That's a real quick one. I have, I brought two that have the drill holes in the side. Wonderful. Well, this has been an awesome experience. And thank you so much for Absolutely, for my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. And your jewelry can be found at bethnorth.com, yes. correct? Yep. And all of this, I believe, is for sale, correct? Yes. All right. And make sure you guys go and check all that out. And we'll be back at Creative Flyscope. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating what you're thinking, and how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Why are we here? What makes a person truly good? For those answers, you're going to have to take a philosophy class. But if you're more interested in who would win in a fight between R2-D2 and a Dalek, watch Get It to the Geeks on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on NewRadioMedia.com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple thing. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on NewRadioMedia.com. Low-budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo-adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version here. I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on NewRadioMedia.com. It's geek-approved.
Welcome back, everybody. Let's return with this week's painting that I've been working on and see how it's been coming along. So now that we've got our, our spray and our water in there, let's, you know, get that defining water marks, I guess you could say. And now I'm going to try and salvage the inner planet. I can already tell that it's not looking how I want it to, but I'm going to try and see if I can save it. But I already know that it's going to be tough to save. I did not make the right color choices there. Don't rush yourself, you know. Take your time. You don't need to rush through things, which is actually a little bit of the issue right here. I'm trying to rush it. And you know what? I, I knew it. Didn't want that planet at all. So let's just get rid of it completely. Hit it with that purple, the green, a little red. And then we're going to work it with the bag again. And that'll give us the texture that we want. And now we've got a big gas giant planet, basically, like Jupiter. And I'll use the, the cheap spray paint for the depth, the black and the white, just from the dollar store. And I'm putting my bowl back down as my stencil. And redefining the outer lines of the planet. And just adding the color back into the sky. And you can use your hand to shield it if you need to, so it's not getting into your rock wall or your, your waterfall. And then I'm gonna flick the stars back on after I get the, the shine where I want it. There we go. Just spray a little bit of spray paint on your finger and just flick it on there. And now, I'm going to work the directional flow a little bit with my finger. And again, it's always much, much better to wear gloves than not to wear gloves because spray paint is a pain to get off of your hands. And now I'm going to work the defining lines of the rock face wall a little bit more and the directional flow of the waterfall a little bit more with the white acrylic paint pen. That particular one was a Posca brand, and those can just be ordered on Amazon. As far as paint pens go, they are the cheaper of the brands, and they actually work just as well as any of the more expensive ones. And now I'm hitting it with the black acrylic paint pen and some fire to try and dry out that spray paint a little bit. And you want to be careful, or you'll burn your painting all up. But now I'm hitting it with the black acrylic paint pen. And you can tell down at the bottom there where we were working in the water, the paint wasn't quite dry, so that's all right. You just work, come back to it. I'm just kind of trying to make some outer space pine trees. And we're going to jump back to the studio for a little bit. After these messages, we have Rob Sheffman. Stay here. budget movie version 60s TV version early 2000s high school pseudo adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version here yeah. I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here so listen up watch the geektainment channel on newradiomedia.com it's geek approved It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, PodQuesters, where we fight through imaginary battles 
and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic sweeping adventure where we try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com Fridays, Podquesters. See you there. Hey, you guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Geektainment Weekly on new radio media. Turtle power! Next on the agenda today is Rob Sheffman, a local painter who lectures at the Center for Creative Studies. Rob was kind enough to let us tour his home studio and give us a peek into his creative process. And I am here at the home studio of the wonderful Robert Sheffman. How are you doing, Robert? I'm good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much, first of all, for letting us into your studio. Yeah, and, thanks for coming. And showing You're us. welcome. Yes, thank you. And uh, let's just dive right into it. Um, how did this all start for you? This all started, amazingly enough, with my English teacher in college asking me, oh, what else do you like to do? And I said, well, I really like art as well at the time I was enrolled as pre-med. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, you should go talk to my friend and see if you can take a class in the art school. And I did. So you kind of started, as far as art goes, with like sculpture and metalwork? Is that Yeah. Is that in true? fact, all my training has been in, all my degrees are in sculpture. Okay. Now, how did that transition kind of happen from sculpting to creating things like paintings like this and whatnot? As I started to, my sculpture was um, what we call non-objective. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would call it abstract, but it is um, really physically what it is. It doesn't relate to anything else other than itself. That's my training. That's what I did for many years. These things became very metaphorical, and the forms created ideas metaphorically. And I wanted to get more and more specific with those ideas. I had started working in dance theater, designing sets with um, the figure. And I took a shot and said, well, what happens if I change from a module of large steel to the human form? And just directly take those metaphors and those subjects right head on, the most loaded thing I possibly could do. And as I started to do that, um, I realized that this was incredibly open. You had a thousand directions. It was just, yes, it was loaded, and yes, it was ancient at the same time. What struck me most was the fact that our vision and sight has never changed. It's a constant for us as humans. Um, and so I said, well, let's see what we can do. Let's explore this avenue, and I did. Now, how do you come up with the different ideas for your series and things like that? Is it just jotting it down or is it just something that comes to you or how does it? They can come a thousand different ways but most often they come um, generated from uh, something else I've been working on. You start at point A, you start looking um, in every direction from where you stand. Uh, not only just two-dimensionally but three-dimensionally. And you look out in every direction and every direction you look in becomes a starting point or has the potential to become the starting point for a whole new set of directions. So every locus is the center of its own little universe and then, and then you explore something out here and something out here and something can appeal to you that can become, wow, let me try going down this avenue. And ideas, for me, always start off with just exploring randomly or exploring whatever I can possibly think of in my sketchbooks and then taking the idea and developing it and developing it and developing it until it takes me somewhere that challenges me and I might have to go do research, might have to start reading on a specific subject to get more information. And then I'll take that idea and start to run with it. So you basically were working with different metals and things like that as far as your sculptures, very large sculptures. Very large sculptures. And now how, how did that really, I guess, turn into painting and bringing it down to a smaller level? Well, a couple things. First of all, as, as a sculptor, you cannot make one of these every day. 
You can't just say, on Tuesday, I'm making this one. It's a huge amount of preparation. It's a huge amount of development. And as part of that development, we use two-dimensional work, drawings, paintings to develop ideas. I have 100 ideas. I'll take the, my favorite 100 ideas and make 10 um, developmental drawings in watercolor or in marker or in paint. And then I'll take those and start to make maquettes. So that was always a part of my process. But once I started to work with the figure, um, I actually did a sculpture for the ancient gates of Troy in Turkey, mm -hmm. which was an incredible experience, one of the best of my life. But when I was done, I was looking at it, and I was looking at the figure as part of the sculpture. And, and remember, I've always done sculpture, so I was used to being confronted with a form and the reality of that form. Well, the reality of a sculpture of a person is once removed. The material is different. It doesn't, it might look like it is the form of flesh, but it doesn't look like flesh unless you want to take it the direction that a number of sculptors took in the, in the 80s where they made things out of polyester resin and, and spray painted. And there's still a number of sculptors doing that where they look so real that you mistake it for reality. And that's not an avenue I wanted to go down. I really wasn't thinking in terms of tricking the public into whether it was real or not real, like um, Dwayne Hansen or, or DeAndreas. I really wanted to focus on the subject matter. And so I, I took a flyer and said, well, what if I try this in paint rather than doing the sculpture? After I did the sculpture, I said, let's see what happens if we try it in paint. And as soon as I did that, it opened up an incredible vista. By doing it in paint, the mind responds to the fantasy of a two-dimensional image mm -hmm. without any problem. We're right. used to that. Right. Photograph, movie, drawing. We fully understand that we've understood it for thousands and thousands of years. The cave drawing of the, the bison or the deer immediately says bison or deer. That's our language, visual language. So this two-dimensional language was just, wow, an incredible vista to explore. And so I took it. Now, this painting is out of a series that you did on secrets. Can you tell us a little bit about sure. how that went down? So the secrets, the series on secrets, I solicited secrets across the internet. And on that platform, I asked people to anonymously send me a personal secret. And of course, I've got a lot of secrets and a lot of different issues, um, as anybody could, could guess. Everything you possibly could think of um, came in. Mm -hmm. And from that, I started to do the series of paintings about keeping secrets and how we keep secrets and what they do to affect us personally, general issues about secrets. And now um, I'm starting the series to get more specific with individual secrets, some of the secrets that I was shown, um, some of the secrets I was led into people's lives. And uh, that's part of the fun. How can you represent a concept or idea when you only have a single frame to do the entire movie? And that's really what representational artwork has always been. It's always been, can you take this entire narrative and fit it into a single image? Can you make enough clues? Can you make enough parts? Can you invest enough of what the whole looks like to give your audience an understanding of what you're trying to say? Right on. Now, how many, how many people actually wrote in? Did you get a lot of people to yeah. write in? Yeah, it had a lot of people write in. That's wonderful. Yeah, a lot of people write in. and. It's kind of led me on to, I still have a, a, at least a year and a half's worth of work to do. Mm. It takes me a long time to do a painting like this. This is probably the slowest way you can make um, paintings. Mm -hmm. um, and even as quickly as I possibly can, I have probably a year and a half's worth of work. When I'm done with that, I'm going to start another thing across the internet platform. I think that getting not only information, but getting very personal information right. across the internet um, is amazing. People are so willing right. to talk about themselves. It is very different than it used to be. And it's not a personal interview. Yeah, and I imagine it's pretty therapeutic for those people to be able to send yeah, I, an anonymous. We discussed that yeah. I got a number of letters back from people. Yeah. Well, one of the strange, not stranger things, um, people, I had a number of letters, three actually, from people who had regretted um, some bullying mm -hmm. 
They felt like they had bullied somebody when they were in school, which led to that person um, committing suicide. And they had been carrying this with them for years and years and years. And they finally felt like they had let this go when they put it down on paper and sent it to me. I had a mailbox where you could send these things, or also you could send them digitally. But um, receiving the letters, and that's pretty much what this one was. This painting has a lot of the letters and notes that, and postcards that I got that had these things written down. People who got caught stealing, people got cheated, people who um, cheated on um, relationships, mm -hmm. uh, you name it, the entire spectrum um, of every foible of humanity. Right. Right? Now, how long does a piece like this usually take you from start to finish? And how many pieces are going to be in the series of Secrets? Um, well, I'm scheduled for a show in a little over a year. And my goal is to have 10 more paintings out of the series. There should be 14 or 15. Wow. And I would like to have 10 of those for the show. So we still have a lot of work to do. It takes about a month and a half to do one of that size. It is very much size dependent. Mm -hmm. Because when you're painting at this level of illusion, there's no such thing as a big open area. It's just the floor, the wall, the whatever you're making the illusion of. And it really doesn't matter. Everything must change. The secret of painting is not so much a secret anymore. Right. It's really easy to explain painting as I do to my students. When you take a photograph and take it digitally and blow it up and you see every single pixel. And if you can imagine every single pixel is one brush stroke of paint, then you can understand that if you move up and down or left and right, every pixel changes constantly. Mm -hmm. And that's what painting is all about. Wow. It used to be the secret of painting, right. but now it's, it's easy. Look, uh, part of the reason that, that um, illusionist painting like this was um, kind of denigrated since modernism was the notion, oh, anybody can do it. And the truth is, yes, anybody can do it once you understand the magic trick. And indeed, a trick it is. Um, once you understand that pixelation, that's part of the trick. And I'm not saying that it doesn't take practice to do that right. because obviously your first um, tries at this are not going to be so wonderful. Right. And believe me, I throw away a shitload of those. Um, but once you do understand it, once you're practiced at it, that is not the reason to paint. It's never a reason to paint um, just to put paint down on a canvas. But to be able to explore an idea, that is the power. That's where it's so wonderful. And the process involved is um, an incredibly wonderful process to be able to be able to take an idea and develop that idea two-dimensionally. And then the material process of actually making that thing. This is nothing more than colored dirt spread on a piece of cloth glued right. on with vegetable oil. And you were just very carefully arranging that dirt when you think about it. You can basically say that it probably takes, what, a couple of years to finish a series then based on? For me, it does. Yes. Yeah. And it might take more. Right. Because um, there's a huge overlap. Mm -hmm. The sketchbooks now are working on things that are not part of secrets mm -hmm. and are already taking me someplace else. Right. And I want that to happen. I want my sketchbooks to have ideas and ideas and ideas that, that I'll probably never get to right. because that way I have a constant flow. I don't have to go, oh my gosh, I'm done with this. It's not like writing a book mm -hmm. where um, I'm done with it. Where do I take my next step? My next step has been going on the whole way. And that's something that was taught to me right, right on by my um, by my faculty when I was in art school. So when you talk about keeping a sketchbook and whatnot, is that something that you just are always working in and just always jotting yeah. down ideas? Yeah, the sketchbook to a writer, to a poet, mm -hmm. to an artist is your essential tool. Right. It's an idea keeper. But you are constantly generating ideas, and you keep saving the ideas. You don't know what's going to be good and what's going to be bad. And you don't want to be um, judging as you're doing it. What you'd like to be doing is developing as many possibilities and then waiting to judge them after they've sat for a while and go back to it and say, wow, 
there is something here that I didn't see the first time. Right. Oh my goodness, I really wish I would have explored this. Well, okay, now you have the chance to explore it because you've kept that idea in a book. Now, and we're talking about subject matter and some of your series of paintings. Another really interesting series of paintings that you did was on dreams. Now, how did you stumble into that series? I think the dreams paintings actually came from another series. Okay. And um, at one point, it took me down through looking at the backside of the world, what I call the artist's apprentice, where you were looking, there's always the unseen, especially public view, private view. And so this private view versus public view kind of led me to that which is not seen. That which is not seen led me to what is internal and then into dreams. It's a long process of, of one thing leads to another and then it took me into dreams. And so I started to do a little bit of, of reading from Jung and from others who wrote on dreams. And there turns out that there was, their premise was there was only like 50 dreams that we share as humans. And we've shared them since we could write things down. Right. And um, as an individual, you or I will only have 12 to 15 of those dreams in our lifetime. Some dreams will come, some dreams will go. You might only have them once, but these dreams are, you know, some of the oldest dreams in the world, like the dream of flight. And so my painting on dreams of flight was really about the juxtaposing that it is easily one of the most common and oldest dreams that we have written about, yet what a difficult road it was for us to get our little bodies up into the air. Right. And that's what that painting was all about. And, and they're just taking different attitudes about the dreams and kind of exploring um, where these things go and, and where it can lead me. Again, it, it's really, I'm trying to go through and experience things and put my experiences down right. visually what I appreciate and came to appreciate and why I went down this avenue was taking those ideas and seeing what I could experience and develop and then translate that. So once you finish up with the dream series, where do you see the next thing? Where do you see the next project being? Or have you planned that part yet? I haven't planned where I'm going yet. Okay. So, uh, as I said, I, I've got a year and a half worth of work. I've planned pretty much the next 10 paintings out to get through this series, those things that I want to develop. One of the things that I look back on my career and I say, geez, I wish I had done more on this idea or that idea. And so over the last um, five or 10 years, I've tried to expand and kind of keep my nose into the work so that I actually do explore a little deeper, mm -hmm. um, do, uh, Look, doing two years, three years on one issue yeah. is kind of challenging. You want to start doing other things. And so uh, holding yourself to focus on something before you move on is, is difficult or can be difficult. And so I have my sketchbooks. Ideas are still going. Mm -hmm. um, where I go when these are done, I don't know. I might get to a year from now and have a completely different notion. It might lead me someplace else. Right. Now, if people wanted to go out and see some of your pieces, your artwork in person, where could they go? Oh, what's coming up? Well, it's pretty easy. There are, there are things in public collections around mm -hmm. the city of Detroit mm -hmm. and shows. There's a show now at the Midland Museum, which is open, I think, through April of Masters of Drawing. And I have um, one that is seven foot and one that is six foot in that show. Um, if they want to see public works, there's public works. Uh, unfortunately, you have to, well, you don't have to get a ticket. You could always just go to the court, ninth district, what is it, the ninth district court in Dearborn. Okay. Well, the courthouse in Dearborn. Right. I think it's ninth district. And the front of the lobby is my largest painting, which is 50 feet. Oh, wow. Um, but you can always go to the gallery, which is the David Klein Gallery, which is in Birmingham, mm -hmm. and also in Detroit. Uh, they handle my work Wonderful. locally. Well, Robert, thank you so much for letting us into your studio and talking to us. About thank you very much.
We're offering spectacular savings during the spring sales event at Parkway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Great deals on our inventory of over 2,000 new vehicles, including our entire selection of Ram 1500 pickups with special lease deals on many of our best-selling models. Over 200 vehicles, under $200 a month. Early out on all lease payoffs of $3,000 or less. And Parkway offers an extra $2,000 for your trade-in. Only at Parkway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Clinton Township, where you just show up, sign up, and ride. Low budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version here. I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on newradiomedia.com. It's geek approved. At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Wald Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Hey, you guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Geektainment Weekly on new radio media. Turtle power! Now that we're back, let's take one last look at this week's painting and see how it came together. Now we're just going to keep working this tree here with the black... Montana brand acrylic paint pen which you can just pick up at your local Michaels or wherever and normally you'd want to add this stuff when the paint the spray paint is completely dry it is just so much easier you'll have such an easier time working the paint pens on dry paint than the wet paint you won't have to keep wiping the tip off you won't have to keep working out more and more of the paint inside the pen. So I'm actually being a little bit wasteful with this pen here because I'm kind of racing against the clock. And now I'm kind of giving the tree some defining lines with the fine tip white. Back to the Posca brand and really the brands are just preference and pricing too as well. And you can add the, some a little more definition with the palette knife if you want to. Everybody has kind of their own preference on how to add the definition to a painting like this, but I prefer to use the paint pens. But again, so much easier to use when the paint is completely dry, the spray paint that is. I'll try to dry it out a little bit more, but it's just not dry. I'll work a few of the stars, give them some more definition. And now I'm switching it up to the larger tip white paint pen. More paint flow to work on the wetter paint. And also to work the directional flow of the water and the waterfall. And kind of give it the defining lines that I wanted it to have from the very beginning. just work work the tree how you how you want it you know no tree is exactly the same so no worries there and trying to keep that that tip clean so I I'm getting a nice white out of there and it's not combining with the black and making it gray and you can tell that the paint is still very wet because I'm just able to touch it up with my finger like that. And now I'm just touching up the 
rock face, give it some definition so you can really kind of tell what it is and that it's there. You know, where the light might be shining into cracks on the wall, in the rocks, whatnot. And again, any use with the, the paint pens, just wait for that, that spray paint to be dry. And kind of just giving that, covering up that thick white with just another little touch of the black, another little layer. And you've got your finished painting. Thanks for joining us today on Creative Kaleidoscope. If you want to see more, check us out on newradiomedia.com. I'll see you next time. Peace out.